Hello everyone and welcome to a power level side quest. My name is Crystal and joining me today is Elisa James who is an amazing writer over at Dual Shockers. How are you doing today? I'm doing great thanks. Thanks for having me on the uh, podcast. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk about this. I guess I should probably mention what we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> we're going to be rambling about all of the spoilers in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So for those of you who are listening who may not have played it yet and you don't want to hear all of the details, then this is your time to back out and give us a listen later. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, um, so you've played through the game uh, and what did you think about it? Did you like it? Uh, I love this game. It was funny because when it was first announced, I was kind of, you know, I was a little fuzzy on it at first. I'm like, eh, I don't really care for it an action game it'll be whatever you know and then i think what first had won me over when i was when i did a preview for the game and i once i saw how all the elements just blended together and it just i was completely like in love since then like it just swept me off my feet and then actually playing the full game i just fell in love with it even more so i really like remake good yeah i didn't really know what to think or expect at first because i mean Unlike a lot of other people, Final Fantasy VII wasn't really my favorite in the series. So I was excited when it was announced, and, and I really anticipated it, but I it wasn't one of those games where I knew immediately I had to get it. Like It wasn't number one on my list, but I'm so glad that I played it when I did and got through it because it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is. <laughs> So, I mean, going through the list here, I think we're just going to talk about um, some of the minor details about what we enjoyed about the game and what we didn't necessarily like about the game. Because while it is awesome and I love the story, there are some frustrating aspects to it that I think a lot of people kind of agree with. Um, so we'll, we'll just dig into that. Uh, what were some of the specific things that you did like about this game? Uh, okay, so one of my favorite things was the uh, actual combat system. The fact that even though it is a blend of like, that is a blend of the uh, traditional ATB sort of goal, turn-based system, uh, but then it blended into action. But what's cool is when you realize that it's actually essentially a, a, a turn-based game, but then allows you to control your characters while, you know, while you're waiting for turns to kind of load. So... But by doing it that way, it actually makes people like me, it, 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 it appeals to my more strategic, uh, you know, sensibilities in the sense that I, I really look for that kind of depth in the combat and it really delivers on that because it's not just like a hack and slash. You actually have to think about your uh, character's placement and their movement, what attacks you're going to be using, uh, how to charge up your ATB while avoiding damage, you know, how you're actually... Um, what kind of abilities you're going to be using when you're using them, the timing of them. It's like all of it just really comes together in this great package. So, the, yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting how they're able to kind of mesh all of it together because, like, you like the tactical aspect of it, and I am more of a hack and slash fan. So, it, it kind of. It kind of attracts both sides of that equation in pretty well, so that way, I mean, it doesn't necessarily feel like you have to dedicate yourself to one style of combat over the other, so it's really cool how they were able to kind of put all that together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was really impressed with that, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, another thing I loved were the characters themselves. I mean, I've already been in love with all of them, so actually seeing them, you know, in, in this new graphical style, 
with all these voice dialogues, like the extended scenes, you know, they've just been given so much, uh, so much depth and uh, mm-hmm. fleshing out, you know, even especially the, the Avalanche members, you know, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse, I really was not expecting to fall in love with them as much as I did, and I adore them. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I am a huge fan of Biggs. He, oh. he will always be my favorite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the voice acting and everything in general was just, it was so fantastic. I was just completely blown away, even by just playing the demo. Like, it, it fleshed out everyone so well, and um, I was extremely impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. The voice <laughs> acting especially, because Square Enix, when it comes to English localizations, they're not, it's not like horrible, but they sometimes can get a little shaky just depending on who happens to do the script writing or voice direction. So when I actually played and I realized how good it was, I was in awe, like how mm-hmm. excellent they did and, and how they localized everything, how the, the script just brought out like the best of these character lines. Like it's just, it was, it, they did a fantastic job with that. Absolutely, yeah, and I, and I feel like too, like it, you know, sometimes you you get everything localized and you jump in and you start falling in love with the characters, and then you get into the dialogue and everything sounds kind of choppy and forced, and it didn't sound like that in this at all. Everything felt really natural, so yeah. it was it was cool. It was it was a fantastic way to kind of really get yourself immersed into the characters and actually get to know them really well, you know, compared to everything else done in the past. So they did an amazing job. Yeah, yeah, no, they they really did. So um, I also really enjoyed the um, the materia and weapon system because because yes. while I like the materia system in seven, it was some of my favorite because I like systems that have a little more complexity and more balance to them. And I felt like uh, in the original game that never was the case with materia. Like it was very easy, especially later on in the game, to kind of uh, essentially break the game with certain combinations. Mm-hmm. So I really, really like how they set it up so far with like that great balance between the interior and the weapon uh, upgrade system and how it, 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 um, it, it promotes you kind of creating more of a synergy between those two aspects, you know, like trying to figure out really good combinations that work well with not only the character archetypes themselves, but how you want like to play as those characters. And there's so many different builds and like ways to just capitalize on their strengths and it's been really cool to see people come up with um different uh you know different combinations like i know a fan favorites tifa which she is incredible she's like a fighting game character literally so yes (laughs) i love it (laughs) plus you can see the materia and all of your equipment so it's it's fun to kind of run around and see all of that too like all the tiny little details that they put into it was just awesome to see yeah, definitely. I love that. <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask, like, in terms of the, um, do you have, like, any kind of uh, builds that you sort of stand by or, like, any materia combinations or anything like that? Um, Honestly, no, just because I, I think it probably kind of plays on how I, I mentioned earlier. I'm a, a bit more of the hack and slash uh combat style I'm I'm not very patient <laughs> and uh, so when I'm playing a game like this I tend to kind of 
forget about it. So like I, obviously I use the materia and I, you know, I put in, you know, what I think I would enjoy using, but it, it's never really been that much of a tactical aspect for me, which I know I'll probably get trolled majorly for saying all this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so it was fun to kind of jump in and just kind of casually play and, and experiment a little bit, but I never really focused too much on a specific build. Oh, okay. I mean, no, that that's actually, that's what, that's what really makes the game so great. Like you said earlier, you know, how it, it appeals to so many different types of players. And I like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, if that's not your interest, which makes a lot of sense, you can just, you can jump in and, you know, use like, as long as you're generally using the system, you can just enjoy the combat for what it is. And you don't have to really like start slaving over making sure you have the perfect build or anything. You can just, you know, have fun, come in, bang out some combos, you know. And and, <laughs> and I think that's a really great, I think that's, that, that's really great that they managed to create a system that, that lets you do kind of whatever you want, go how deep you want to go. Exactly, yeah. I like the balance between the two. It doesn't alienate one or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about you, though? Do you have, like, a specific build you like to use? Uh, well, I just started working on that kind of stuff, so I'm still kind of, um, I'm still kind of, uh, experimenting, but I know I, I actually really like this one combo that someone pointed out for Tifa that I've been trying to work on. It's, uh, it's a kind of a mix of, um, it's like an advanced combo, so you have to just get the abilities. It's, um, you know, you would, you would mix in like Omni Strike, Cheat, uh, Trap, Dodge, Deadly Dodge, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. actually you could actually chain it and make this uh, continuous combo going on with her, which is really helpful in hard mode because, oh, um, because yeah. you can't use items. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, trying to find that out, of course, you know, trying to find uh, material, you know, like the basics, like uh, your HP ups, uh, deadly dodge materials, things like that, that'll actually just kind of help you sort of passively. Uh, and then of course with Tifa too, giving her like a weapon that ups her critical uh, you know, hit ratio, so she'll get more crits as she's attacking as well. You know, things like that I've been trying to figure out how to work and play around with to make her deal as much damage as possible. Yeah, see, I just obnoxiously run into the middle of things and just press buttons and swing. (laughs) That that is valid. I mean, she's absolutely meant for that. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, um, some of the stuff that we were talking about, too, um, things that you may not have liked as much about the game. I know they're they're tiny in, you know, the grand aspect of things, but uh, what were some of the things that you would have done differently if, if you had made the game? Um, so there were, there were, you know, things that I, kind of, I think a lot of people kind of said, which was at times you kind of noticed the obvious filler. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, while I like the parts that they used, the, you know, their uh, increased sort of uh, time limit in order to uh, flesh out the characters, there were times, like, I'm going to argue 90% of Chapter 2, for instance, was just, I was filler. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, things like that, where it was just kind of like, or, you know, when you had to um, control the robot arms with Aerith on top of them. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> As much as I like the dialogue, I did not care for that 
No, I did not either. In fact, when I went back to replay it, I was like, yeah, we're just going to go through the chapter. And, and we got to that part, and you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to skip the rest of this. Yeah. I don't even want to play it. <laughs> it's exactly. so frustrating. <laughs> exactly. So that, was, that, that always got me. And then, of course, um, you know, at times the game can be pretty linear. Like, I felt like I, I kind of stretched as as much as I can on how much I wanted to explore. And I tend to do that anyway with any game I play. I always see, like, just how uh, much I can go off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are times when the game really has, like, a stranglehold on you, and it's like, and it will not let you go past a certain point. <laughs> yes, and I, like, even, it happens sometimes accidentally, too. Like, you, you're running around trying to find something in a side quest, and then... It's telling you that you need to turn around, that you can't go that way, and it kind of breaks up the you know immersive quality of the game itself. So that gets a little frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that that's actually a really good point. It really does. You know, you're getting kind of into it, and then it's like warning, and it's like, wait, what? Like, what? Are you gonna, are you gonna kill me? Like, if I go past this part? <laughs> like, I just walked through here. Why can't I walk back? <laughs> I feel like, too, like, not only, like, those moments where you can't go to another spot of the map because of, you know, whatever quest you're on, like, some of the movement itself, too, is, is really tedious. Like, I have gone up and down the same ladder so many times, just, like, clutching my controller in anger because I can't get up or down the ladder, whichever direction that I'm trying to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, like, the tight spaces where you have to squeeze through things and, like, all of your party members getting in the way. I have to fight through party members just to try to open chests. And it's, it, I feel like I, that's a boss battle all, all on its own. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's just like, get out of the way, Eric. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just want this potion, okay? You're in my way. <laughs> God, but I, I feel like beyond that, though, like... It, the tiny things that are annoying are, I mean, they're annoying in the moment, but overall the game itself is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, when you really think about it, you know, we were just kind of talking about, like, these little things, and then you go back to what we liked, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, that is, like, nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, I say that, and I'll go back in the bedroom here in a little bit and start playing it, and I'm going to start screaming all over again because I can't get down a ladder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Or like later, like if Jules beats you at um, chin ups, other pull ups again. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I did so many pull ups last night while I was trying to play through that. I, I it was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but getting into kind of the meat of the game, this is kind of the stuff that everyone's talking about and formulating their own theories. And me is just one big question mark because all of it is just. It's crazy how the game is the same, but yet it's completely different. And then when you start thinking about the future, how the different titles are going to be, like, there are so many questions that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So, like, I mean, obviously my main one is the Whispers mm -hmm. that just kind of look like Dementors to me. And <laughs> Yeah, when I first started seeing them in the game, I was like, you know, what the, what the hell is this? Like, what's, what's happening? Because obviously they weren't involved in the first one. And when you're me, who 
wasn't necessarily the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan. Like, when you jump into this game and all of this stuff is happening, like, I can tell that there was a difference, but it was just super confusing to me at first. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... Go, when you move into it, though, like I think it's interesting, especially playing it um, for a second time, kind of seeing how the story is starting to change and kind of what the whispers are intended to do, um, you know, making sure that the original story plays out the same way. And then obviously what what's going to happen now that the characters have completely obliterated these, you know, figures of fate, I guess you could say. And um, I'm interested to, to hear kind of what you think might happen character-wise or story-wise in the future. Um, so once I realized, you know, kind of the Whisper's uh, role, you know, as kind of these timeline sort of protectors, mm-hmm. um, and I started realizing, at least in my opinion, you know, that Sephiroth, well, it's pretty obvious, yeah, Sephiroth's role is uh, pretty much to to change the timeline. Of course, we don't know why he's trying to do this, but we know that he clearly has knowledge of the uh, the future. Uh, so he's trying to alter events completely. And we are seeing some cracks in that too, because there was a scene toward the end when, you know, you see uh, Zach carrying Clav and he had to fight the, the Shinra troopers. And mm-hmm. of course, in the original, this is where he died. But uh, in, now we're seeing that he actually survived. And what's cool is they actually dropped some really cool subtle hints that this was an alternate timeline. Um, I don't know if you remember that dog uh, in the beginning, a little mascot that was like helping you around when you had to navigate like under the train system during the Sector 5 reactor mission. Yeah. 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 So if you remember that breed of the dog. And then at the end with... Um, the alternate timeline you see that that paper that has the dog mascot but it's a different breed that's right yeah it was changed just slightly yeah and i love like that was like really cool stuff like that you know and then of course seeing kind of like Aerith almost interacting with it so you could tell like okay it's clearly in kind of another plane of existence here and then you're wondering like oh they're gonna actually cross over or is Aerith just gonna keep seeing like these visions how is this gonna like you know, kind of intertwine with the plot in the in the uh, later installments. It's really exciting. Yeah, it makes me wonder how they're going to go about um, kind of intervening these two timelines because, I mean, if we see Zack and we see Cloud in this alternate timeline, does that mean there's also going to be an alternate Tifa and Barrett and Aerith that we're going to see these stories with? Or, you know, are these timelines going to start blending somehow to where we see the characters that we are currently playing as interact with Zach and, and how, you know, all of these changes are going to come in and completely shift everything that we know about this game? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what makes it really exciting. And I'm wondering, too, like, in, it, it would be interesting if you kind of had an option, maybe because of this sort of almost intertwining of timelines, or at least that it's that alternate timelines there. That maybe you could kind of uh, use it to avoid certain things. Like, of course, a big thing is Aerith's, you know, eventual fate. Like, mm-hmm. is she actually going to die? Will there be a way to finally save her because of the fact that we have Sephiroth interfering with things? Or because, um, you know, you do have this time and well, already Zack is, is alive. So maybe that'll be the one where she still lives and somehow that'll affect things and the, the actual current timeline. It's, it's 
<laughs> like all the possibilities yeah i know because i feel like when you first get into it and you see kind of what the whispers do like i mean they kind of hint at Aerith's death uh, a few different times throughout the game and i mean you even see barry get killed in a similar fashion by sephiroth um before yeah. the whispers bring him back so it kind of it gives you that that sense of you know, these crazy things may happen, but it's probably not going to plan out the same way that you think that they're going to. Um, so it's really curious because it makes me wonder how these two different timelines are, are really going to come into play and kind of fuse into one story. Um, and also, too, though, like, I'm wondering if this alternate timeline with Zag, like, is he going to be a playable character? Because that could be pretty cool. That would be. I, I feel like the only thing you have to worry about is because Zach's so like charismatic and such a strong character, like he <laughs> might steal the show from like Cloud, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah, he's got that confidence, and he's you know he's the soldier, and he's the actual powerful one, and then you have Cloud, who you know is basically a teenager trying to pretend to be an adult, and he doesn't necessarily know how to interact with anyone, so it's kind of like this jumbled mess, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, no, it really will be. It's it was funny because um, it, that just reminded me when um, I was looking through this interview that was translated. It was from the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake Ultimania book. Um, and the interview was between um, you know uh, Tetsuya Noma, Yoshinori Kitase, and uh, uh, Kazushige Anochima, and it was really cool kind of seeing um, their uh, their opinions on that kind of thing. Like, for instance, when they were talking about this one scene where uh, Cloud wanted to comfort Tifa and he was kind of witnessing, like, Barrett do it so easily because, of course, you know, he's an adult. He knows how to, to, to comfort people younger than him very well. And then you have Cloud, who's very awkward. Like you said, he's, <laughs> just, <laughs> he's essentially like a 16-year-old, like, in his mind, but in, like, a 21-year-old's body. And so he doesn't really know how to you know, actually do that. So he tries to comfort her. It comes out wrong and really awkward. And, and I really like those kind of details that they put into it really showing like, hey, yeah, like you can see already Cloud has a lot of issues. There's a lot of inconsistencies mm-hmm. in his character. Of course, you see, you know, it's peppered throughout all throughout the story in general. Um, these, these weird inconsistencies between what he says uh, and what, you know, he's, he, he remembers, what he doesn't remember, things like that, so. Yeah, he kind of, his character is kind of like, you know, one of the people that he's on the outside looking in, and he, he, you can tell that he wants to be involved and interact and show that he cares, but he doesn't necessarily know how to express that, um, which, you know, obviously as the story kind of continues, you, you see him warm up to these characters and open up uh, one scene in particular during the uh, during the robot arms where Aerith is trying to give him a high five and it takes him a while until he finally raises his hand like he wants to do the same thing and then of course she's not ready for it <laughs> um, but it's just it's tiny details like that where it's I love seeing the character growth as far as that goes and I think that uh in knowing these characters backstories and kind of returning back to the whole cloud and, and Zach thing, it's going to be interesting to see how they interact with each other. If those timelines start to kind of intertwine. Exactly. And like, is this going to cause maybe cloud to start regaining more of his, you know, actual memories earlier? Like how is that going to affect his own growth too? 
if he actually sees that, you know, because that yeah. should be a big trigger. Yeah, for sure. And then just moving into the other details of the game, like, I mean, Midgar is, what, maybe 10% of the original game. So, I mean, we've barely touched on, on anything that's going to be happening in, in the story altogether. So to see, like, I just, I don't know what direction they're going to go in. And I have so many questions and I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things that they could do with it. And I think everyone else is kind of in the same boat. And we're all trying to like flesh out these theories about what's going to happen. And my mind is just circled around all of these alternate timelines. Like we've seen the timeline that we've played in. We've seen the timeline where Zach uh, survives. So, you know, what other timelines are, are, are there and how many Sephiroths are there? Like, are there going to be multiple Sephiroths? I have so many questions. <laughs> oh, that's true. like i can just imagine going into a game and you you get in and you kill sephiroth and you're like oh yeah story is over we beat the game and then another sephiroth jumps out and he's like okay just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh my i can see that too (laughs) oh man yeah i'm curious to see how they they play this out because it's either going to be absolutely amazing or is going to have so many different plot twists that I don't know what's going to be going on and I'm going to be really confused and I'm going to have even more questions. <laughs> also what's interesting to me too is um, not just with the uh, the main cast but also with the Avalanche members, Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally it was very, very clear cut that they died. That was it. You couldn't get them. Whatever. What I thought was interesting was that even though we have the implications that they seem to have died, there's nothing clear cut, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like that sort of, like, he- like we're not heavy handed, but sort of, you know, finality of in the original that they were gone. And this one, they make it way more mysterious because they kind of intertwine the whole whispers thing with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I found that very interesting why they would do that in particular. And I'm wondering, so what does this mean about the Avalanche members? Are they going to be like, are they actually dead? Are they going to come back? Like, now that you have the, the whispers that are gone, like, it's, it's I'm not sure how to feel. And I mean, I, 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 I kind of hope that they live because I really love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. But the, I think the question for me is that if, you know, they're alive, which, I mean, you see Biggs at the end. He's recovering at the uh, the orphanage. So you yeah. know that at least he's made it. But my question is, is it, you know, if these characters do quote unquote survive, are they the ones from the timeline that we played in or are they from a different timeline? And how is that going to affect how they kind of react to the characters that we've been playing as? Exactly. Or is it like already one of those unintended effects of, of even that other timeline kind of presenting itself that already, you know, thanks to that and Sephiroth, it's like affecting things this early on. So mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. So it's like, we, we have those questions too, of course, you know, it's just, I guess we'll find more out later on as the uh, next part starts emerging. But now I really just want to the answers now. So this <laughs> is the next game now. Just give it to me. It's fine. Just give me short little chunks of games and I'll play through them and I'll be perfectly happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes into like the next segment of like in the interview that you sent to me, um, they were talking about releasing the next games and how they may decide to do that, whether or not they want to 
release shorter games in order to get them out faster or if you know they want to focus on making longer games to kind of flesh out everything without having to you know make 10 final fantasy 7 remake titles yeah yeah so that was um that was pretty interesting to me like i mean i on one well i guess how i feel is that i'm okay now with it being separate mm-hmm. but at the same time I wouldn't want too many parts. Like I get that the point, you know, that Nomura makes is that if they if they um have it larger chunks, it'll take longer and versus if they just put out a smaller portions. But I'm like at the same time, like, do I really wanna be playing like seven parts? Like and the answer's no. Like I, I want even if it takes longer per- me personally, I just I really want them to be separated in a way that's meaningful. Like I kind of don't want to have so much of the filler anymore. Like, for Midgar, now we have it established. I think a lot of the stuff they added makes sense. But I think from here on out, I think the game is so dense already that there's no need to stretch it out. I feel like if you do it, you might start messing with the integrity of the story. And that's what I would worry about as well. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder too, like talking about trying to decide whether to make shorter games versus the longer ones. Like, how big is the story going to be? Like, what what all are they going to start incorporating into it? Like, And, I mean, not even talking about the possibility of potential DLC and everything else happening, too. Like, this, it's apparent that this story that they're trying to make for the Final Fantasy VII you know, series is massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I feel like it, this is... It's kind of iffy because, you know, if it's done right, then it's going to be amazing. But this is one of those things where if, if they do something wrong, it could potentially just collapse this entire series. And it's it's scary. <laughs> it, it, it is. And it has such a strong start already. And it's like, I don't want this to, you know, collapse in itself. I want this to be strong in all of its installments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it was funny, another question in the interview, um, uh, Kitase and uh, Nojima had answered. Um, they were asked about, you know, if they follow the remake story, then the next installment may have major changes compared to the original. So Kitase had answered that um, he knows that fans of the original are expecting to see these familiar locations and scenes. So basically they have, they're very strongly uh, feeling to not like stray away from that. So he even says from here on out, we're not drastically changing the story and making it into something completely different than the original. So uh, hopefully that'll be something that'll actually, you know, they'll continue to abide by, um, you know, with with how they did it here, where they abided by the story pretty much, you know, faithfully, but just added those changes. Hopefully that'll be the same thing in this case, um, you know, going moving forward that they won't compromise the story too much because you know as as even though I'm I'm excited completely to see all the changes I still would want the game to feel like Final Fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that balance is very important. Yeah, and I think just the direction that they were taking this just from all the changes that happened at the end and all of the potential changes that they can do is just is a huge question mark for me because they could do so many different things. So you know, how do you maintain the integrity of the original story, but still implement you know, all of these what ifs that are happening right now? Exactly. You know, and that's like one of the biggest questions that we have right now coming to the uh, 
you know, conclusion of a remake. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I have all these questions, and I'm super excited, but I'm also super worried, and I just want the next game now. <laughs> uh, but other than that do you have like any I don't know any predictions I mean I, I guess we've kind of talked about it a little bit but I, I don't know like it's interesting to go online and, and read all of these theories that everyone has about the characters and how the story is going to progress from here and how the game's going to change but I don't know if there's anything in particular you think might be happening hmm, well I think for me at least if I if I'm kind of being on like a what would I want to see the most kind of mm-hmm. based on this is that um, you know them kind of extrapolating more on the alternate timeline um, maybe making it in a well maybe I think Sephiroth at the very least I think this is post game Sephiroth like post original game Sephiroth mm-hmm. um, so I, I like the idea that he's having some kind of overarching plot, like in terms of trying to, you know, significantly alter this timeline, maybe possibly like breaking it in some way. Because if he's a villain, you know, he's not, you know, trying to change people's fates, you know, because he's he's being nice about it. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm wondering if, if him doing these kind of things is going to have such a negative effect, like it'll start causing kind of breaks in the reality. And I'm wondering maybe if that'll be kind of where the alternate timeline sort of comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have the greatest imagination, so I can't imagine too much, like, what they could do without it sounding absolutely insane. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, honestly, if they keep all of my avalanche, like you said, you know, Biggs is already recovering that hospital bed um, to a kind of sort of, it, like, it's very weird how they were presented. So they keep all of my, my, my babies alive. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I agree with you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just, I kind of hope that maybe, I mean, if we're talking about Sephiroth, who's aware of the original timeline and and how things happen there and how he's going to change what happens in order to, you know, do whatever his mission is, I hope it makes him a little bit more clever and sinister versus... You know, you interact with Cloud, and all he says is, let's change destiny together, okay? Let's just change things. And then (laughs) Cloud says no, and then you fight, and then it's just, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I think either way it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think now it's just weird because in my mind I'm just seeing multiple Sephiroths just, like, running around everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, but on that note... um, we're hitting probably the the end point of this episode. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that you're excited about that we didn't touch on? Um, I think you kind of reminded me of something, which mm-hmm. was that one thing I really like too is that it feels like Sephiroth has far more agency mm-hmm. uh, in in remake. You know, one of my biggest complaints with uh, Seven was the fact that. Uh, because most of the game you find out that it's actually Genova disguising, you know, posting that illusion as Sephiroth. So you're basically just chasing that. And Sephiroth doesn't really himself come out until, like, the end. And then you find out his origin story. And it feels like he's just kind of a very passive player in, mm-hmm. in his own villain role. 
And I like Remake because from the beginning, it's like he's taking the reins. He's actually being a villain. He's actually plotting and doing things and antagonizing. And it's so much fun. Like you said, I hope they continue that even more at just making this really clever, scheming villain who has like a really interesting motive and like kind of a scheme going on and everything. So uh, that would be that that would be amazing if they just keep forward with that. Yeah, and I think too it gives them an opportunity to really just kind of do whatever they want with his character because like. I mean, introducing him in the original game, he was supposed to be just this looming villain that's supposed to come out and, you know, you're not supposed to know much about him. He's supposed to be mysterious. But, I mean, now everyone knows who Sephiroth is and and the role that he plays in this game. So I I feel like if they had gone the same route and didn't reveal him, it would have been pretty stale. So I think this gives them the freedom to kind of do whatever they want with this character. I just hope that they take them take them into a... A pretty interesting direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess on that note, uh, we will wrap things up. I'm trying to make sure that there's nothing else that I really missed, other than the tiny details. I don't think there is. Um, I think overall, I'm just I'm excited for the game, and um, I'm ready for the rest of it to come out now. And I will <laughs> sit here and wait for it and cry every single day until it gets here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyway thank you so much for joining me today Um, do you want to hand out uh, any of your social media links or anything that you would want people to follow you at oh yeah yeah so you know one thank you for having me on the show once again anytime (laughs) (laughs) so if you want you can find me on twitter my handle is uh, ajames347 and, you know, you could just feel free to message me about anything. Like, I love JRPGs in general. Big nerd about that. So, I want to talk about that. Final Fantasy VII Remake in particular. That's great. Um, I also co-host a podcast called Megaten Marathon, which specializes in another JRPG franchise, um, the Shin Megami Tensei franchise. It's, it's a little more uh, niche, uh, but it's a lot of fun. So if you're really interested in like branching out to other JRPGs or you happen to know about it already, feel free to check that out. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, awesome. And make sure that uh, all of you check out Dual Shockers as well, where you can see her writing and uh, keep up to date with all the latest news and stuff happening in the, the universe of video games, which is the best universe ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But on that note, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, if I, I guess I have to remember to add this. Um, if you're listening, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Play, Stitcher, all of the other places where podcasts are available, I hope. And if we're not on your favorite podcast platform, you can let us know and uh, we will try to get on there, I guess. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.